Built for agriculture and powered by farm credit, AgDirect's financing terms are among the most flexible in the ag equipment business, matching the income stream of ag producers. Discover why more dealers and their customers are choosing AgDirect to finance, lease, and refinance ag equipment by visiting agdirect.com. I'm Managing Editor Kim Schmidt. Welcome to On the Record. Here's an update on what's currently impacting the ag equipment industry. At least one analyst, Baird's McDobre, thinks 2019 will be a good year for both Deere & Company and North Dakota-based Case IH dealership Titan Machinery. In a note to investors, he says Deere had a good setup even prior to recent positive trade developments. He points out, among other things, precision ag technology and an aging fleet continue to drive replacement demand. Early order programs, order books, and November sales are all encouraging, and that North American large ag demand remains closer to trough than mid-cycle. On top of that is the truce between the U.S. and China. Dobre says a new trade deal between the countries could lead to further demand boost for U.S. exports, which in turn further supports equipment purchases. This could mean an acceleration of the equipment replacement cycle, in which both Deere and Titan stand to benefit. Another positive sign from Titan is the better-than-expected year-to-date margin, which speaks to both the stability of used equipment prices and the level of discount and incentives a dealer has to incur. However, Deere & Company CEO and Chairman Samuel Allen says he's worried that ongoing trade tensions between the U.S. and China might have a lasting impact on the ag industry, particularly soybean growers. In a recent interview with CNBC, Allen points out that China's 25% retaliatory tariff on U.S. soybeans means the country is importing from Brazil and elsewhere. This could lead to lingering issues of oversupply. Says Allen, the issue we're worried most about is that as China buys soybeans from Brazil or whoever, structurally, countries like Brazil will be able to bring more land into production quicker. And as a result of doing that, we'll end up with an oversupply for a longer period of time. Which will mean that the pain the U.S. farmer is feeling now will go on for a much longer period of time, much like the grain embargo in the 80s. Allen and others worried about the trade tensions might have felt a sense of relief in recent days as the U.S. and China announced a truce in the trade spat. Deere & Company in November reported a strong fourth quarter in fiscal year 2018. The company's ag and turf sales rose 3% for the quarter and 15% for the year. Deere says it also expects worldwide ag and turf net sales to increase approximately 3% for its fiscal year 2019. The company is forecasting flat to 5% growth in ag and turf performance in the U.S. and Canada, as well as South America. This week's dealer on the move is AgPro Companies. AgPro Companies, already the largest North American farm equipment dealership group based on the number of locations, has not only added 10 new locations, but has expanded its regional influence with the acquisition of Ohio-based JD Equipment. When the deal is completed, which is scheduled for December 12th, AgPro will operate 71 total locations. Prior to this most recent acquisition, which was announced to JD Equipment customers on November 30th, AgPro locations were clustered in the southeast and southern Texas. The company operates 22 locations in Georgia, 20 in Texas, 9 in Florida, 7 in Alabama, 4 in South Carolina, and now 10 in Ohio. The dealership group, with headquarters in Boston, Georgia, also operates a rental outlet in Georgia, and according to its website, it also has four new locations on the drawing board, two in Georgia, one in Texas, and one in Florida. AgPro started out with a single John Deere dealership location in 1958, originally named Boston Tractor Company. At one point, the company also operated seven dealer locations in Arkansas, known as agricultural productivity companies. 
Bud transferred these to another Arkansas-based dealership, leaving AgPro with 22 locations across Georgia, Florida, and South Carolina. Since then, the company has been on a growth tear, acquiring or opening 49 locations and expanding its reach to Texas, Alabama, and now Ohio. 22 of these locations have been added since October 2014. JD Equipment was owned and operated by the Mitchell family for 36 years. Now here's Jack Zemlicka with the latest from the Technology Corner. Thanks, Kim. The manufacturing models of the farm equipment and automotive industries are intertwined, with innovations developed for consumer vehicles often finding their way into the production of ag machinery. The momentum and consumer appetite for electric and autonomous cars was reported as one factor in General Motors' recent announcement to scale back traditional vehicle production in North America, resulting in planned plant closures and layoffs. The Washington Post reports that the cost-cutting measures are designed to keep GM competitive in the evolving market and reflect an ongoing shift in consumer vehicle preferences. So will ag equipment manufacturers face the same dilemma in the future as ag engineers refine electric and autonomous machinery? Not necessarily, says Todd Jansen, agricultural attorney with Jansen Ag Law in Indianapolis. Jansen suggests there are other factors which more heavily influence GM's decision, which may not run parallel to ag manufacturers. However, Jansen notes that ag manufacturers on the cusp of field-ready autonomous machinery and working toward fully electric equipment are wise to continue development and follow the trend being set in the automotive industry. One of the real lessons here is that it takes an enormous amount of capital to retool for different markets and product segments. When you look at the amount of money that these companies are spending to shift production to new electric vehicles or autonomous technologies, it's billions of dollars and it takes years of development. I think the big lesson for the ag industry is to not wait until everybody else is too far ahead and you're too far behind, but invest in the new technology ahead of the curve instead of when it's too late. Jansen adds that farmer interest will influence the adoption of autonomous and electric equipment, but that as the technology matures, perhaps out of the automotive industry, it could become more affordable and attractive. Back to you, Kim. Thanks, Jack. USDA's November 2018 Farm Income Forecast report estimates that net farm income will continue to decline in 2018, while median farm household income is expected to remain essentially unchanged from 2017. Net farm income is forecast to decrease $9.1 billion, or by about 12% from 2017, to $66.3 billion in 2018. Last year, net farm income increased by nearly $14 billion, or 22.5%. Net cash farm income is forecast to de decrease $8.5 billion, or 8.4%, to $93.4 billion. Median farm household income is forecast to reach $76,594 in 2018. In nominal terms, that income level represents an increase of less than 1% from 2017 levels. Total median income of U.S. farm households increased steadily between 2010 and 14, reaching an estimated $81,637 in 2014 in nominal terms. Median farm household income then fell 6% in 2015 and has remained relatively flat since. 
Cash receipts from all commodities are forecast to increase $2.5 billion, or by less than 1%, to $374.9 billion in 2018 in nominal terms. Total crop receipts are expected to increase $3 billion, up 1.5% from 2017 levels, following expected increases in corn and soybean cash receipts. Total animal and animal product receipts are expected to decrease $400 million, or by 0.2%, as lower receipts from milk and meat animals are expected to more than offset higher receipts for poultry and eggs. Direct government farm payments are forecast to increase $2.1 billion, or 17.9%, to $13.6 billion in 2018, with most of the increase due to higher anticipated payments for supplemental and ad hoc assistance and miscellaneous programs, including market facilitation program payments to assist farmers in response to trade disruptions. Total production expenses are forecast to increase $14.8 billion, or by 4.2%, to $369.1 billion in 2018, led by increases in spending on fuel and oil, interest, feed, and hired labor. Although producer sentiment for ag industry conditions declined slightly overall in the November Purdue University Ag Economy Barometer Survey, respondents indicated they feel a little better about making large farm investments versus the month prior. The index Purdue uses to measure willingness to make such investments stood at 56 in November, up from a reading of 52 in October. Purdue University ag professors James Minard and Michael Langemeyer note farmers' attitude toward large purchases has been up and down all year. Producers were most favorably inclined toward making large investments early in the year when the index peaked at a reading of 74, says Minard and Langemeyer. The index weakened in late winter and early spring before rebounding in late spring, just before the trade disruption hit the agricultural sector. By late summer, the index was more than 30 points below its January peak, bottoming out at a reading of 42 in September. However, since September, producers' views regarding the advisability of making large investments has improved, rebounding to a reading of 52 in October and improving again to 56 in November. And now from the Implement and Tractor Archives. Volunteers at the Central Washington Ag Museum completed the restoration of an antique belly wagon believed to have originally been built around 1910. This type of wagon is generally found in very poor condition due to the heavy and difficult work it was created for, hauling dirt, gravel, and other building materials. They were called a belly dump for the metal-lined doors of the bed, which were opened and closed by a chain mechanism to drop the contents. The belly dump wagon is now fully functioning and took hundreds of man-hours and a lot of skill. The wagon was originally pulled by horses, so the crew has fitted it with two tongues, one for horses and one for a tractor. Since there's a horse and harness group that is part of the Central Washington Ag Museum, this wagon will be used in the fashion it was originally built during select events at the museum. As always, we welcome your feedback. You can send comments and story suggestions to kschmidt at lestermedia.com. Until next time, thanks for joining us.